2: We cannot always build the future for our youth, but we can build our youth for the future. Franklin Roosevelt. Hello, and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, creator and producer of Express Yourself and StarStyle Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of Be the Star You Are Charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and Great Nonprofits. I'm Rachel Glass. Before we get into today's show, that is all about teen challenges. Be the Star You Are is volunteers, and I want to urge you to check out our website at btsya.org. As part of our Be the Star You Are Disaster Relief Outreach Program, Be the Star You Are has collaborated with the Authors Guild to showcase the new books launched by many authors from around the country in a variety of genres. For the next few months, make sure you are tuned in to both Star Style. And Be the Star You Are radio on Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time for Wednesdays with Writers. And Express Yourself airing on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time for Super Smart Sundays. Both broadcasting right here on the Voice America Network Empowerment Channel. To learn, for this segment, I'm going to be reading a chapter from the book, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World. You can find the book available at StarStyleStore.net. The Gift of Youth by Victoria Whitebreden. When I was young, I was so anxious to grow up and get on with my life. It seemed like the idealistic dream world of adulthood would never come. Looking back now, I realize that the time moved wonderfully slowly, giving us all the opportunity to enjoy our youth. One of the most treasured gifts of life, the gift of youth, is one that we often squander before we realize how, just how truly valuable it is. I worked as a nurse's aide to finance my college education. The work was demanding, the hours long. My greatest reward was meeting a multitude of amazing people with stories to share, tales of first meetings with spouses, many had passed away by this point, or horror stories of war and the heartbreaking separation and loss that accompanied it. Sometimes the patients would talk about their grandchildren, bragging about accomplishments they could have only imagined in their dreams of achieving themselves. The single regret shared was their failure to live abundantly before school, before marriage, before children, and before mature responsibilities. As youth, they chased the seemingly splendorous fantasy of adult life. They confided that as they rushed through childhood and their young adult lives— Little did they understand that the time for imaginings, adventures, curiosities, and carefree days were right in front of them in the present. I listened to those stories and heeded their pearls of wisdom and realized how misplaced my views of being young were. Youth is the one time in our lives where we don't have to concern ourselves with the pressures, strains, and stresses of adulthood. It's the time to play and learn about ourselves, discover our strengths, and weaknesses while investigating the myriad of options before us. Who am I and who do I want to be in the world? I'll never forget talking with those who were living in their final days and witnessing the regret of their decisions in their eyes. What seems to be a universal truth is that when we reflect upon our past, we rarely regret what we did, but we do regret what we didn't do. I, like so many of my friends, was in a mad rush to grow up. Superficially, I understood that it was fun to be young without having to be accountable. However, I yearned for exotic beaches and glamorous cocktails, long walks on peaceful foreign mountains. I believe the only way to enjoy this grown-up bliss was to sprint through school and dash through life into adulthood to earn the paychecks a good job would bring. Upon arrival into maturity, what I found was mostly bills, deadlines, and more bills. No exotic beaches or long walks on peaceful foreign mountains. My friends from school were now stuck in my same boat in faraway cities or states thousands of miles away from me. In my hurry to be an adult, I hadn't appreciated the simplicity of being young. I missed the lazy days in friends' basements, playing games and rewatching favorite movies for the hundredth time. I skipped past my youth. In retrospect, I'm sad that I didn't enjoy my youthfulness to the maximum. Throughout life, we are afforded the opportunity to change, to learn, and to grow. Yet the limited years of our childhood pass rapidly. Set goals, dream, play, most of all, treasure this unique time of being a juvenile. Youth may be a number of years, but if we cherish the memories, it can become a state of mind. Don't desert your ideals. What we do in our youth sets the stage for the rest of our lives. One day, you may be the one gazing into the eyes of an eager teenager sharing your adventures and stories, Hopefully, without regret. Exercise, Reflections from a Rocking Chair. So this is, uh, every chapter has an exercise that the author wrote themselves for something you can do to build on the topic that their chapter was talking about. So this is called Reflections from a Rocking Chair. Take a moment and imagine you are 80 years old sitting at home in your recliner. As you are about to fall asleep, you begin to reminisce. What memories spring to the forefront? Do you see yourself enjoying childhood? Who are you with? What are you doing? Are you smiling at the recollections? Make a list of things you want to do as a youth and a list of things you'd like to accomplish as an adult. Are there similarities? Make time today for those items on your list. Live and love fully. It's never too late to enjoy a happy childhood. So this chapter really resonated with me because although I don't feel like I was in a rush to grow up per se, I definitely wish I did more before I had so many adult responsibilities. When my little brother and sister were in high school and college, um, I, I would always tell them, and I, my little brother's still in college, so I still tell him, this is the only time in their whole lives where their only responsibilities are to have fun and learn. And it changes real quick once you graduate college and get a job. Uh, And this chapter also made me think about how time oddly goes by quicker as we get older. Like it literally feels like time goes by faster. Days turn into weeks and then months and then years in a blink of an eye. With all that being said, it's never too late to enjoy most things in life. This is a special situation since we're still in the middle of a Pandemic and a lot of us in, uh, you know, the cities that were harder hit are like still quarantined. I'm in a big city, so I'm still pretty much quarantined. Um, so normally I would say, you know, if you wish you had traveled more, book that flight. And if you wish you had done something exhilarating like skydiving or zip lining, look up something near you and book it. Which I know is easier said than done right now. So just put those on your list and keep those until later. But I was also thinking of things that maybe we've never done that could be done now while in quarantine and things that are like, it's like the perfect time to do now. And one of the things I was thinking of is, um, cooking either. If you've never really learned how to cook, or if you know how to cook, but you haven't really cooked that many different types of foods, like other cuisines now could be a great time to like, you know, do a little research, like find one popular, uh, dish from each cuisine and challenge yourself to cook one a week for the rest of the time you're in quarantine i think that's something easy to do at home if you're able to get groceries um and then when the time you know does come when we can you know go out and do all those things we want to do um then you can do more things like traveling or do those exhilarating things i mentioned like skydiving or ziplining um both of which are things that i personally didn't do that i really want to keep doing i mean i'm in my 20s but you know i have graduated college, so I have do have a lot of those adult responsibilities, but I still want to commit myself to doing those things that I wish I did when I was younger. And one last note before we wrap up this segment is if you're planning on doing these things that you, you know, want to do before you become an adult or you wish you did when you were younger, either way. If you're planning on doing those um, with another person, like a loved one, something I love to do is make um, lists on the Reminders app on my iPhone because you can just easily share it with another person so they automatically get it on their app. And I hope this segment inspires you to do at least one thing you've always wanted to do, even if it's in quarantine. As a reminder, the newest establishment in the series Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World, is now available on StarStyleStore.net. If you're looking for a new book to read, especially during this time, consider picking up a copy. I'm Rachel Glass. Remember, your purchase benefits, the Be the Star You Are 501c3 charity, and this Express Yourself program as a donation check out youtube.com/be the star you are for our fun and informative be the star you are videos on living, laughing and learning. Visit us at btsya.org and check out our past editions on our show at expressyourselfteenradio.com. Keep on listening to our conversation about teen challenges on Express Yourself after the break.
1: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The positive
3: message outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens.
1: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
2: for staying with us here at Express Yourself on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We're here today with Edith Lynn Hornick-Beer, an author, journalist, and lecturer whose articles have been published in the Sunday New York Times, Elle, Denver Post, and Toronto Star, to name a few. She has also been a guest on the national television show Good Morning America and popular radio shows, including Harvard School of Public Health. Edith currently lives in Colorado, where she likes to hike, snowshoe, and teach at Colorado Mountain College. For many years, while writing the syndicated newspaper column, The Young World, she met teenagers who described to her what it was like living with a parent who abuses alcohol and or drugs. The teenagers also had many specific questions, which inspired her book, Four Teenagers Living with a Parent Who Abuses Alcohol or Drugs. It tells teenagers where to go for help and how to establish their own happy, healthy, fruitful lives. The New York branch of the federal government's Substance Abuse Mental Health Service Agency has recommended the book to teenagers seeking help. Welcome to the show, Edith. Hi, I'm so glad to be here, Rachel. We're so happy to have you in. Before jumping into questions about your book, Can you define the term addiction for our listeners?
4: Yes, it is a problem that people have with their bodies, whereby if they start drinking or taking a drug, their body will demand it and need it, and they are no longer in charge of their body.
2: And is addiction a hereditary condition?
4: That is an excellent question. And I must tell you that doctors are more and more researching this information. One thing that was done is uh, quite a few years ago, babies who were born of a mother and perhaps with a father who suffer from alcoholism, and this was only done with alcoholism, were put up for adoption. And most of those children who grew up with the adopted parents who did not suffer from alcoholism did themselves become alcoholics. Mm. And this was a strong indication that it might be hereditary. What doctors have since discovered is it's how we metabolize alcohol and drugs and that those who get rid of the alcohol quickly and drugs and react to it like get an upset stomach or fall asleep – their body protects them from addiction but those who can hold it a long time their bodies become dependent upon it but people the scientists are still doing a lot of research Mm -hmm. and is there is there a cure well once you know that you're addicted You have to face it, it's like an allergy. Every time you touch that, you're gonna have a relapse. So Mm -hmm. the only cure is not taking the drug or the alcohol.
2: Mm -hmm. Which we'll talk more about, we'll talk more about this, but um, just from what what I know, I'm not a doctor, but that's definitely easier said than
4: done too, which is the difficult part about addiction absolutely Mm -hmm. and and there are all these resources available that help you to deal with that nobody expects you to do it on your own Mm -hmm. and we're going to get into those
2: resources but let's talk about your book what made you want to write about teenagers living with a parent who suffers from alcoholism or another addiction
4: well I used to have my own newspaper column called The Young World, and obviously each week I wanted to know what the youngsters wanted me to write Mm -hmm. about. And to my surprise, many talked about the addiction at home. Uh, The first book was called You and Your Alcoholic Parent. And when the kids talked to me about the drinking at home, the martinis taken under the auspices that this is sophisticated and elegant, or that the the wine drinking, that this is again, sophisticated and elegant, but was actually on the cover for an addiction. Um, I started to look up material that I could substantiate what the youngsters were telling me, and no one had written about it everybody was writing about oh we have to be careful that teenagers don't drink too much and oh uh, the teenagers we got to watch them but nobody nobody reached out to the kids who were living with this
2: i think uh i think that's great and even thinking about now and like you know the media i'm seeing it is still a lot of that of you know don't drink until you're 21 and x y and z but it's yeah not a lot about that specific situation that i think a lot of teenagers are probably silently dealing with because i can imagine not it's just difficult could be embarrassing a whole lot of things
4: Um, and more than that rachel mm -hmm. nobody zeros in on how they are influencing their kids. They're mm-hmm. giving their kids a very strong message. Don't make a yeah. decision without having a drink first. Mm-hmm.
2: And yeah, and I think it's something we all know, or a lot of people know, that children are very impressionable. So if that happens at a young age, that could just
4: almost set them up for a disaster, right? Right, well, what mm-hmm. else happens is Many youngsters who are dissatisfied with what they see at home say, oh, I'm never going to drink. I'm not going to be like my parents. But mm-hmm. what do they do? They go into pot, marijuana, mm-hmm. and um, other drugs, and re- say, oh, I'm not drinking. I'm doing drugs.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> But it could, an addiction
4: is an addiction though, right?
2: It's almost, Absolutely. you know, it's a picking your poison, but it still can very much negatively affect your life. And so, Edith, where else did you do your research for your book?
4: Well, when I first decided to write this book, you know, I I was kind of looking around and lo and behold, nobody had ever written about kids living with this. So Mm -hmm. I got in touch with National Council on Alcoholism, which no longer exists, that group, but at that time they were uh, really quite powerful And Dr. Frank Satius, the late Dr. Frank Satius, was the medical director, and he guided me. And I must say, uh, when I got in touch with the teenagers and went to Alateen, they made me an honorary guest. And I wrote down the questions they asked. And when I answered them, Dr. Frank Satius went over them very carefully to make sure that I had gotten the medical aspect correct. Mm
2: -hmm. That's great. I was thinking, yeah, you must have talked to medical professionals um, about this. And what chapter in your book do you think is most
4: important? Resources. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, resources Mm -hmm. and resources. Even if um, the the resource has changed its phone number or its address, uh, which happens so often, Mm -hmm. the name is there. And with our Internet today, you can just look it up online and get help there it's amazing how many resources are available especially to teenagers today
2: absolutely and you know since we all have or mostly all have access to um, the internet I think that's a great first step for anyone that might not be automatically comfortable talking to another person like a you know another you know, respected, responsible adult, that is like a great first step, right, is to look up some of those resources online that'll kind of
4: um, I put, also te- put ex- teens in the right direction. Right, and I also have 800 numbers for That's those great. who don't have um, uh, the internet. But mm-hmm. I always advise teenagers to go to the library and, you, well, right now with the pandemic, um, it's <laughs> limited. But, but that won't be forever, and the yes. library has wonderful computers available.
2: Exactly, yeah. If you don't have access to your own computer, um, other than our pandemic situation, yes, people can definitely go to the library um, and get access to the internet. And, Edith, I wanted to talk about some scenarios with you. How should a teen navigate friends and dating while they have a parent dealing with addiction?
4: Wonderful question, because it happens so yeah. often. There are several ways you can do it. I have talked to teenagers when um, who have told me that when they tried to tell a friend about the situation at home, the kid would laugh and say, oh, ho, ho, you got an alcoholic at home. You know, mm-hmm. wrong, wrong. Um, the... Uh, People, a teenager like that is immature for his age. Actually, today, teenagers have a lot of compassion. Mm-hmm. And you have to decide, if you bring a friend home, how you're going to handle it. You could do one of two things. You could say, I'd love to have you come home, but I want to tell you that. And, uh, and mm-hmm. then tell them what you need to tell them. Or you could say, I would love to take you home, but unfortunately, I have a mother who suffers from alcoholism or from taking too many pills, tranquilizers, and um, I would love to go to your home. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, If you join Alateen or some of the other resources I mentioned in my resource chapter, you'll meet kids who have the same situation and you can support each other.
2: Mm -hmm. That's great advice. And um, another scenario here, what if a teen wants to go to private therapy because they're dealing with a parent who has an addiction but can't afford it?
4: Big, big situation. I'm so glad you brought it up. Again, in my resource uh, book, there's something called Child Abuse Hotline, Mm -hmm. and they will tell you how to do it. Furthermore, if you go to a school counselor, and I'd like to say something here about a school counselor, they all work very hard. But if you get one with whom you can't communicate, don't Mm -hmm. give up. Find Mm -hmm. a social worker, find somebody else. Counselors are just human. And Mm -hmm. I always say, if you find one, who doesn't understand you just get another one another good resource if you happen to live near college or university that give ma- that give master degrees to to students who want to become therapists many of them have to do an internship and they're terrific
2: that's really great advice and, um, just kind of piggybacking off what you said, um, with therapy for anything. Um, like you said, Edith, if you feel like not every counselor or therapist is going to be right for you. So just echoing what Edith said is that if you don't, if you're not feeling it with the person you're talking to, please, we encourage you to go find someone else because, um, there will be someone out there for you. And what does counseling for kids typically involve?
4: Well, for kids, it's like for anybody. Um, if you talk to a counselor, that counselor may actually transfer you to another counselor who specializes in addiction. Mm-hmm. And you yourself could actually, when you look for a counselor, and you go to say you have a college near you who, who Uh, which gives master's degrees to Mm -hmm. uh, students who want to become therapists, you can go to the head of the department and say, look, this is my problem, and you have anyone who specializes in addiction.
2: That's great advice and a really great point Um, just for our listeners in case, you know, you're not familiar with the therapy system is most therapists and counselors, they like they specialize in certain things. So ideally, you'll want to go to someone who specializes in addiction if that's what you're dealing with.
4: But what I would really recommend is that you, and I want to say something here very quickly. Mm -hmm. If you you can't afford to buy for teenagers living with a parent who uses alcohol and drugs, which has a resource list, which will guide you to help, ask your library to get it. Anyone Mm -hmm. who belongs to a library has a right to ask the library to buy a book. Oh, that's a very good point. I did not know that. Yeah. And so you can take it out. The New York Public Library bought 50 of my books. And New York City is a big area. And they have a lot of um, libraries in various parts of the city. And they just distributed them. And and I went to look. And they were all taken out. And they were taken out by kids who didn't who couldn't afford it. Who did it. I mean, the book is Aww. not expensive. I think it's like $10. Mm-hmm. But who, who didn't want to, sp- or were embarrassed to have it at home. Yeah. And went to the library. Oh, that's, that's great advice. <laughs> and so this book was
2: originally published in 1974 and is now published as an Authors Guild back in print
4: edition. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is and how it works? Well, let me tell you, um, when it came out as you and your alcoholic parent, Mm -hmm. then Hazelden asked me um, to do another guidebook for teenagers. And then I took my rights back, and Authors Guild was helping us republish books, and I then rewrote it to include all drug issues. I mean, not only oh. drugs, but gambling. I mean, suppose you have a mm-hmm. father who gambles. Mm-hmm. And, Which is and, also an addiction. And you can't mm-hmm. pay the rent. So mm-hmm. uh, that's all that is included now. And actually... Authors Guild now has our books with something called Open Road. And what's that? It, it's just a publishing house that takes oh, okay. but that takes books which have been previously published with um, known trade houses and now republishes them. Oh, wonderful. And,
2: you know, even though this book is already published and republished, um, are you still in touch with the teenagers you originally spoke to that inspired um, the book in the first
4: place? (laughs) some of those teenagers are now (laughs) parents themselves. Yes. I do (laughs) have a site called www.answersforteens.com, and I uh, stay in touch with teenagers who have issues with this. Oh, it's so wonderful. <laughs> and that's the one you mentioned at the beginning of the program, yes. how the government put up a Facebook on this and sends you to this website. And the reason they do that is I keep giving kids who have these problems mm-hmm. advice.
2: And... um even today, can, you know, can kids and teens go to AnswersForTeens.com uh, to contact you directly?
4: Well, they they can put a a comment. Okay. But um, I have found that while it's good to let teenagers know where to get help, because this is a really a medical issue. Mm-hmm. It is best that teenagers go to professionals. Absolutely.
2: And they can find
4: a lot of professional resources on on your website, correct? Absolutely. Uh, As a matter of fact, when the big holidays come like Christmas, I advise teenagers what to do. If a parent drinks too much and gets Mm -hmm. out of hand, I advise teenagers where they can go, where they can seek help, where they can go if they can't sleep at home. Mm
2: -hmm.
4: And that's all on my website. Oh, that's such a great resource. And
2: um, before we wrap up this segment, I just wanted to know if there was anything else that we didn't get to or talk about, because I know this is like a huge topic and there's so much to talk about that you wanted to note or to uh, mention?
4: Well, um, I, I think the the important thing, and you, you were very good at this, you really zeroed in on it, is not to feel helpless. Mm-hmm. It's your life and if you're born into this, there are two things you have to look out for. One, will you be addicted someday? Mm-hmm. And number two, how can you turn your life around? Mm-hmm. And that's what this book hopes to do, to show you how to do that.
2: That's so wonderful and such a good resource. And I think it's really important. And I think, you know, as time has gone on, like this is just one addiction is one of those issues that people are always going to be
4: dealing with. Right. Like, right. You know, right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like diabetes. It's like uh, diabetes doesn't change your personality. Addiction does, but it's mm-hmm. like diabetes. It's it's like cancer. It's like any bad
2: disease Mm -hmm. and as far as um uh, addictions go like obviously we we know about you know addiction to alcohol and like you you mentioned addiction to gambling what are some of the other things that are technically a, a real addiction like a real problem that teens could be dealing with you
4: mean their parents having it or the teens? Yeah, the, the parents. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Any narcotics. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, it just, um, I've heard of cases where a person was taking painkillers. Mm -hmm. And after he was cured, I'm thinking of a specific case, he continued to take them. Mm. And it broke up the family, actually. Oh, it's very sad. And it has existed since the beginning of time. I mean, one of the first narcotics was opium. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, the... Doctors thought it was a miracle, but then they got addicted. (laughs) And that's crazy. I feel like it's, uh,
2: you know, the same story, different drug
4: name. Now, you know, I feel like absolutely, absolutely happening. Mm -hmm. I I mean, you all know the book Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, Mm -hmm. written years and years ago in another century, Mm -hmm. and. That is a story of addiction.
2: Mm-hmm. And should a teen ask the, his or her parents before going to counseling? Like, say there was a teen and, you know, one or both their parents had an addiction. Do they need to ask their parents before they go to counseling?
4: That's a great question. I think that if a teen goes to counseling, the counselor will tell that Youngster, how to talk to the parents? Mm-hmm. Because parents very often do not want their teens to go to counseling. <laughs> yeah, because the truth will come out. Yeah, and uh, I worked for a while in an organization. It was actually run by the governments, and it was called Persons in Need of Supervision, and any parent who felt they were having trouble with their youngster could put that teen in that group. And mm. it, was right, it was like a uh, prison, really. And I did volunteer work. And I met, I will never forget, I met one young girl who told me that her father is a policeman and he drinks. He was an, al- he is or was an alcoholic. And he was so afraid that she would let people know that he convinced the um, powers that be that mm-hmm. she needs to be in this uh, group therapy or this group which watched kids. Oh wow! And 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 uh, it was really really tough. Yeah. So parents have a lot of authority and power. Absolutely. But we have improved a lot today, and mm-hmm. I, if a youngster knows how to broach the subject, he can he or she can get help. I would highly suggest Alatine, mm-hmm. where help is available. I would suggest school counselors Mm -hmm. and I would suggest even going to a um, Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcon, which is a narcotics anonymous for people who suffer from overdosing with narcotics. Just go to a meeting.
2: Mm-hmm. And isn't there also, I'm, I'm blinking on the name, but isn't there also a group like that that's for family members of people that have an addiction?
4: You mean oh. Al-Anon? Al-Anon, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Right, right. But all of these, uh, Al-Anon, Alatine concentrate on alcoholism. Mm-hmm. But there are also groups available for other addictions, and you can Google them. Probably as I'm mm-hmm. speaking, a new group is yeah. forming. So mm-hmm. just addiction, and and go to a meeting, and the, if the people there are adults who are suffering from it, say I'm living with it, and mm-hmm. they will know where to send you for help.
2: And are using hotlines a good alternative for teens because Mom. they can be ano- anonymous?
4: Absolutely, and I have a lot of 800 numbers there. Oh, that's great. And And what is uh, also great is mm 911. If you're in an emergency.
2: In a dire situation. Right. And what would you say, um, what if a teen asked, should I confront my parent? What would you say to that?
4: Well, you know, it depends. It really Mm -hmm. depends. First of all, I would not confront a parent when he or she um, are drunk or on drugs. Mm -hmm. What I would do is when they have sobered up. And the best time to approach a parent is when they're sick after the drug. Mm -hmm. You know, lying there with a headache, throwing up. And approach them with compassion. Say, you know, I love you and it hurts me to see you like this, and I understand you have a disease. Be compassionate, it'll get you much further. And there's nothing wrong in saying, I'm frightened. I need you mm-hmm. as a parent. Mm-hmm.
2: Edith, this is all such great advice. And I want to sum everything up because we talked about so much. Um, Again, Edith's website. um,
4: Answers for teens
2: teens.com. And if you click the resources tab, it'll take you directly to a bunch of resources. And then like Edith mentioned, nowadays the internet is your best friend. You can look up alcohol. You can literally look up alcohol resources. I just did this and it works. Drug resources. And it will take you to a lot of those places that will help you if you are a teen dealing with a parent with addiction. And Edith wants everyone to know... Remember that you are not alone. You can do so much with your life. You do not have to be a prisoner of your circumstances. Establish a healthy lifestyle, and there is help. And I think that's one of the most important messages from this conversation: that you're not alone, and that there is there are resources and help out there, and there's people like Edith that are um, that are there to to help you and guide you. And uh, thank you so much, Edith, for this. Uh, Sharing all this is a very important conversation.
4: Rachel, you were great, and I really (laughs) appreciate everything.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, And once again, thank you, Edith. And if your parent is struggling with addiction, please go to Edith's Edith's website, AnswersForTeens.com. Also, be sure to support our show and learn about upcoming events at btsya.org. Show your love for more segments like this one by donating to the Be the Star You Are five hundred one c three literacy charity that brings you this program at bethestaryouare dot org. I'm Rachel Glass. Keep listening for more about teen challenges.
1: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com dot forward slash Voice America.
2: Welcome back to Express Yourself. I'm Rachel Glass, and this week's show is centered around team challenges. For this last segment, I'm going to read my very own chapter from Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts and Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World. The Gift of Self-Love. Growing up, I had a loving family, pets, meals on the table morning and night, a warm bed, and much more. People wandered in and out of my life, but nonetheless, I always had friends. I excelled in school without sacrificing my social life. Despite my comfortable upbringing, I still faced difficult days. In high school, people could be cruel. I didn't exactly know how to process the pain that sprung from all that hostility, and it seemed like I was expelling them in the worst possible ways. I made mistakes and had regrets. At times, I felt alone and not good enough. I would look at other people and feel like I wasn't pretty enough, smart enough, or popular enough. I would try to change myself only to find that I still didn't fit the bill. Looking back, it was ironic I felt that way because I was so lucky to have such a stable, supportive circle. I never was able to express how thankful I was because I just didn't feel that fortunate. I couldn't put my finger on exactly what it was that I was missing. Soon I was 18 and moving away to college. I was excited to live in a new state with new people. I could be whoever I wanted to be. But who exactly did I wanna be? How would I achieve the new me? I dabbled in trying to be this person. In my mind, I succeeded. However, I really believe becoming a new person in college is really the natural maturing that most people go through. In my experience, the amazing people I met made me feel special and love myself just a little bit more. But deep down, I could not shake the sense that I was supposed to feel something else. I was officially on the search for my purpose in life. To me, college classes were like high school. I took them because I had to. While I had respectable grades, I didn't retain much information. After my first and wild year of college, I thought it was time to invest myself in my classes and perhaps find a passion that would fill the void I was feeling. I decided to take an anthropology class focused on human evolution. I was interested in the material and eager to read the textbook. However, I didn't realize that long after the class was over, I would take what I had learned and form a whole new outlook on life. Fast forward to my first year out of college, I was still pondering the facts and ideas I learned in that class. These bits of information stayed in my brain, almost as if they were puzzle pieces floating around waiting to come together. One random day, the puzzle in my head started fitting together. I was in the passenger seat of the car while my boyfriend was driving us home from a friend's house. It was morning like any other, but all of a sudden I just understood. I realized that since the very beginning of time, every living thing has had two things in common. Number one, living is all that we do, all that anything does. It seems so obvious and so simple, But why do you do the things you do? From basic tasks like sleeping and eating to more complex things like looking both ways before you cross the street or working a job you may not love. Whether you're aware of it or not, everything we do is to keep our lives moving forward. Life is made up of nothing more, or number two, life is made up of nothing more than challenge after challenge. My challenges are different than yours, which are different from hers, which are different from his. Challenges can take many forms from having to pass a difficult test to dealing with a health issue, to adopting a pet and taking on a new responsibility. Animals and other living things face obstacles too. And there is no way to compare these hurdles we all face because they are unique to us. They are the building blocks of our lives because whether they are negative or positive, we overcome and evolve. This realization is how I learned who I was and how I wanted to live my life. This way of thinking never ceases to remind me that I have the ultimate power over my decisions, actions, and reactions. How could I compare myself to others and feel less than if we are all just trying to succeed in our lives? Success to me is having all my hard work pay off and making a name for myself in the entertainment business. Maybe to someone else, succeeding is just getting up every morning and not going hungry that day. No matter how you define the word, it boils down to the same concept. I still have undesirable feelings like anger, stress, and jealousy. For example, I may feel frustrated when there's a problem with my car because it is important for me to get to and from work and an inoperative car will cost me money. Instead of letting these negative emotions drag me down, I just do what I have to do and move on. Regardless of the situation, Make the right decisions to the best of your ability and push ahead. You may be thinking some people undoubtedly have it worse than others. Remember, everyone faces challenges, and while their challenges may seem more trying than the ones you are facing, they are exclusive to that person's life. Use that feeling to remind yourself to be thankful for what you have and who you are. Use that thought to drive you to make decisions that will positively affect others. Love starts with you. Love yourself and live consciously. Maybe one day these things will be all we need to unite us. Exercise, the daily jar. Find anything that resembles a bowl or a jar. Find some sticky notes or a notepad as well as a pen or a marker. Set these tools somewhere in your room where you will see them every day. Before you go to sleep each night, write down something about your day and put it in the jar. It could be something you're proud of, thankful for, or happy or excited about. It could also be a new challenge you are facing or a goal you created for yourself. This exercise forces you to think of what is going on in your life and how you are interpreting it. If you find yourself thinking a negative thought, maybe you had a bad day, which happens to all of us, take a few minutes and try really hard to think of how you can turn it into something positive. Or maybe turn something undesirable into something constructive. For example, if you found out earlier that day that you have to give a speech in front of your 50 person class and you're feeling anxious about it, instead of writing nervous for speech on Friday, write excited to get over fear of public speaking. Hopefully you will eventually always be thinking optimistically and turning the negative into something positive that will ultimately benefit you. Love yourself and you'll have enough to share with others. I wanted to read this chapter because I wrote this a few years ago and definitely feel like I've grown and changed since then. I still think that we all collectively face challenge after challenge throughout life, but I've since thought a lot about the fact that my challenges just really can't compare to those faced by other people. It was never my intention to compare my life to others. The chapter's purpose was more of a call to action for people to individually look inward and be thankful. I realize that people across the country are facing real issues like hunger, poverty, and racism, and it's not as simple as just staying positive and being thankful. I can only speak for myself, but while I deal with my own life challenges, I will also fight for others and love others as I do myself. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today's show. Audience, please support Be The Star You Are and find information on our creative community, charity efforts and outreach programs on our main site at www.bethestarur.org. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. I'm Rachel Glass. As always, we give our thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia O'Brien, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment Crew, especially our voice engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests from across the world, and thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. Be present, be yourself, be kind to everyone, and embrace challenges. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit expressyourselfteenradio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars could shine between the lines if you would let yourself.